This is Talking Small Business with Kat Schmoyer and Megan Martin, a podcast for creatives who like to keep it real about what it actually takes to grow an online business. We're competitors turned biz besties who chat daily, and now we're bringing you into the conversation. Hey, y'all. Kat here. We are back with another episode of Talking Small Business. Today, Megan and I wanted to get into finding your zone of genius. I feel like I wish we were in person and I could be like, raise your hand if you've ever heard the term zone of genius, because I feel like we people talk about it a lot in our industry. And maybe that's just in like the bubble I'm in. Maybe you're listening and you're like, what? Zone of genius. Um, but I'm going to assume that all of us have heard the term zone of genius before. And something that Megan and I were talking through is, well, how do you know what your zone of genius is? Like, how do you kind of uncover what is your zone of genius? I've heard zone of genius referred to specifically when you're looking to outsource or hire of wanting to make sure that you're staying in your zone of genius. So you're getting rid of tasks or things off of your plate that aren't necessarily in your zone of genius. Um, I've also heard of it when it comes to new offers and new things that you can create in your business. Like what's your zone of genius? Like what are you so good at doing and how can you help other people do the same thing? So we thought we would break it down a little BTS style, I guess, and share some of our personal stories of how we've uncovered our own quote unquote zone of geniuses, um, in hopes that it sheds some light on how you can do the same thing. So Megan, I'll kick it over to you first. Yeah. So I feel like my zone of genius has been like 11 years in the making. <laughs> I just want to start out to say like, it took me a very long time to find my zone of genius. Like I know that there are some like really awesome, successful business owners that just like knew what they were great at. And they started their business. And like by year one, they're like killing it, making six figures. I was not that person. Like it took me a very long time to figure out what inspires me, what motivates me, what I'm actually really good at and how all of my experience and talents can stack together in a way that I can turn it into a profitable suite of offers. Um, literally I would say it took me about eight to nine years to get to the point where I am like truly sitting in my zone of genius. Um, so I hope that that is like not scary, but also encouraging that if you're here and you're like, man, I just, I'm not quite sure that I'm there or I'm ever going to get there. It's possible for you. And, um, I, I would just encourage you to like, keep trying, keep testing, keep experimenting, keep trying new things until you can figure this out. Um, and that's literally what I did. I've, I've done, we've talked in the past about all the different businesses that I've ran in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I just kept trying new things and it was like one idea or one service or one offer would spur an idea for a new type of thing for me to try out. And I kept doing this process of like, you know, uncovering a new passion or a new thing that sparked my creativity and trying that out for a while. And then it would spark another idea. And then I would try that out for a while. And then it would spark another idea. And it got to the point where I, um, I finally found like what I, what I'm good at, you know, which is 
I love helping people learn how to create and sell digital products. And even in that there's like certain specific things that are my zone of genius. I don't know everything about creating and selling digital products. I'm not a genius when it comes to every single nuance in this niche. There are certain things that I have found that I really excel at even in my niche. We were just talking about how, like for a very specific example, I'm really good at naming things. Like I don't even know how this happened. Like I didn't mean to be really good at naming things, but I found by continuing to like drill into my sweet spot, I started realizing that this was like a unique skill that I have that leads to helping people create profitable digital products because naming something actually can affect your sales potential. Um, And so I think for me, it's been like all about exploration and giving myself the freedom to explore and the freedom to say like, just because I put something out into the world as a business owner does not mean that that has to be my forever decision. Like I can change whenever I want to change. And that's like the number one thing that I'm confident about in my business, which has gotten me to the point of being able to find my zone of genius. I love that so much. And I do think it's such a great permission slip because in mine is similar. Like I was not the person that had, I didn't find my zone of genius in year one. Like it's taken a long time, um, like five or six years to really be able to say like, okay, this feels like what all of this back end were like all of the last couple of years were kind of leading to me discovering this. Um, and it really was a journey to get there. And I don't know if that's true for all people that can let that would like consider themselves to be multi-passionate. So if you're listening and you're also also multi-passionate and that's you, let us know. (laughs) So Megan and I are like, okay, we're not alone. Um, I feel like it would have to be because we, again, we like so many things. So it's figuring out like, but what's, what's kind of the thing that's like truly the icing on the cake. You know, what's the thing that like really is a little bit different and unique to what we're doing. Um, for me, again, it, it came out of like, an accumulation of the past couple of years of, I started as a wedding planner, just like Megan did. Um, there's a bit of project planning and organization required in wedding planning, but I wasn't thinking that when I started as a wedding planner, it was just, I wanted to own my own business. I planned my own wedding. I thought it would be fun to try to plan other people's. And so I did the very cliche thing of starting my own wedding planning company that led me to start the conference, which again, there's project planning in there. There's organization. There's like those backend logistics. But for me, it was just, well, I like to plan and I see a need in our industry. So let's create an in-person event because I love in-person community. Let's do that. And then over the last few years, trying out several different things led me to what I'm doing now, which is truly like the integration agency coaching and mastermind all focused on project planning, goal setting, like making things happen in your business, because I am such a A to Z brain. Like I see something and I, I immediately go like, how do we make this happen? Like literally, like what are the steps, every single step that we need to make this one goal a reality um, and realizing that not everybody's brain works in that capacity. And with my experience as a wedding planner, my experience with conference planning, now being an integrator, building up the agency, it's been so much fun um, because I'm getting to use that past experience. I'm also getting to learn new things and work in other people's businesses doing 
what I wish I could do over and over and over again in mine, I'm just getting to do in other people's, which is so much fun. So again, I think that like finding your zone of genius can take time as you are navigating the world of entrepreneurship and seeing what you're good at and what you like about business. Yeah. I think for me, one thing that was really interesting about finding my zone of genius was from like an emotional perspective. Um, I don't know about you, but I struggled so much for so long with imposter syndrome. And specifically when I stepped into the world of education, like I just constantly felt like, should I be doing this? Like who, why, like who me, like I, you know what I mean? Like I just had all of these feelings of imposter syndrome. And I think that that's natural, no matter what you do, whether you're in your zone of genius mm-hmm. or not. But I found that when I really like nestled into my zone of genius, my sweet spot, like those feelings of imposter syndrome quickly dissipated. Like I don't have, I don't experience the same type of imposter syndrome as I do, as I did when I was putting things out into the world that were not my true zone of genius. Like I, I have a, it was like a confident shift happened where I don't struggle with that anymore. And from like an emotional perspective, I would say like, that's one of the biggest things that I would check yourself on. Like if you're really like struggling with imposter syndrome and you're Mm -hmm. not sure like why you're feeling that way, it could be that you're not in your zone of genius and you're trying to fill somebody else's shoes that Mm -hmm. you truly like that you just haven't like fully stepped into like what your unique thing is. Um, I, I definitely felt a huge confidence shift when I, when I like settled into my zone of genius. That's so interesting. When you were talking, I was thinking about like comparison. Cause I feel like comparison has been more my, my bigger struggle, I guess is like the best way to put that than imposter syndrome. And I feel like in the last year and a half, like comparison has like gone down, you know, like it's just, you're in a healthier mindset because you're like genuinely doing something that you love to do and that you're just in inwardly confident in what you're doing. So the need to compare or the, you know, the desire, not desire to compare, but you know, like just that coming up, um, it doesn't happen as much, not saying that it's like disappeared forever. It never will just like imposter syndrome never will. Um, but I think that's super interesting to think about. Um, is there, was there a time Megan, when you like, did you feel the shift of like, okay, yes, I'm like found my zone of genius. Was it like a conversation or a specific like product launch or like something like that, where you were like, okay, this is like, I think this is this direction. And I really need to lean in here. For me, I think there was validation in a product launch. Um, so I, a few years ago, it was like 2018. I think I put out this opt-in. It was around the concept of digital products. I had been selling website templates. I'd been selling like Canva templates, all of that. So I was doing, I was doing the work of selling digital products, in my business. I put out this opt-in and it got a ridiculous amount of subscribers to this opt-in. And I was like, hmm, okay, that's validation. Maybe this is something that I should explore sharing more, you know? And at the time I was not teaching people how to create digital products. Um, And then 
it was, you know, when COVID hit and the world shut down and I like got the idea for my membership and was like, I remember I boxed you like, Hey, I have this random idea. And you're like, okay. And then six days later, I launched the idea. <laughs> it was like, literally, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah. It was like, okay, I'm launching it right now. <laughs> so I just did it, you know, and that's just totally my personality. Like, all right, I have an idea. I'm going to do it right now. And so the validation of like, there was literally 250 people had joined in the first few days. And that was like big validation that yes, the timing worked really well because everybody was shifting to online at that point. But again, it was still the validation that like, this is a real need. And it wasn't just validation and that I put the right offer out. It was validation because I put the offer out in a way that like, I wasn't trying to fill somebody else's shoes. Like I wasn't coming out of the gate with like, let me teach you how to scale to the moon and make millions and blah, blah, blah. Cause that's not my story. Right. So I was like super authentic, super vulnerable. Like, and you can even see on my website, there's a page where I'm like, I share the middle. I'm not, I have not crossed the millionaire stage with what I do, but I just showed up as who I am and what my real story and what my real results that I produce for myself and I can show you how to produce as well. It was like this validation that, okay, I can, I can show up in this specific niche where I'm not necessarily the expert or the best. I can do it in my way. And the validation to see so many people pouring in and like saying yes to that, it, it changed everything for me. Like I don't have to put on a front of anything. I can mm -hmm. tell you the truth about my life, about the kind of money that I'm in my person, in my specific business. I numbers are a part of it. We're talking about making money here. Right. So like I can be truthful about that and you make the decision whether or not you want to learn from somebody like me, or I can point you in the direction of somebody else to learn for from if you have different goals in mind, right? And so I think for me that number one did get rid of imposter syndrome because I'm showing up as truly myself. But again, it's like, even from the comparison perspective too, like I don't compare myself to the other educators who are sharing the same type of information I am because they're sharing it based on their results and what they can teach you. And I'm sharing what I've done and what I can teach you from my own experience. And so I think that was the true like shift for me. Absolutely. I can see that. Um, I think mine was slightly different because I feel like mine was like something that I've just been good at my whole life. Not to dis again, it's just a different, like you right. became good at it by seeing all of these results and then said like, I can help other people like replicate this. And yeah. for me, it was like, I'm just naturally like I'm a project manager. Like literally yeah. I'm just not like, that is like so in tune with every, like even the way our family life is structured, like just everything about my life is that. And even thinking back to like high school and like my extracurricular activities and like who, like what roles I played in high school and in college and things like that, like just seeing it, but never really realizing like, oh, this is how like these dots connect. Like I remember Shay Cochran talking about this at one of the conferences, um, how she realized that like even being good with plants and like liking to work with her hands in the garden, like that that added to the fact that she wanted to work with her hands and style and like do that. And I was like, wow, like that's fascinating. I want something like that for me, you know, but I didn't know what it was like at that time. Um, for me, it's, it came down to like 
other people seeing it in me and other people asking me. And I remember like the first inquiry I got where someone was like, can we jump on a call? And like, you help me with my like quarterly goals. It's like, is this a joke? Like someone just <laughs> wants to like get on Zoom. Like, we're just going to like goal plan for 90 minutes. Like, what is this? Um, but it was something that I began to see like, oh, I do think about this differently than other people. And maybe that's a good thing. Like maybe then the fact that I am thinking about this differently means that that could set me apart and I could teach on this in a way that is unique. Um, so it was a a little bit of a slower process, I think, versus a like one thing. Um, but still been really fascinating to see. So for you guys listening, like don't discredit what people see in you and like the questions that people ask you, whether it be like in your DMS or in your inbox or the things that people want from you, they're noticing what sets you apart. Even if you're not quite ready to realize it yet. What, what did you do to like step into your zone of genius as you were stepping out of other things that you've done in your past? Like I know you still do wedding planning, but for example, like I feel like you've made such a big shift into this, like for your, in your example, like the quarterly, the quarterly planning, like goal setting, all of that. Like what, what did you do to like really step into that? I think 2020 was just like the huge pivot year. And a lot of that was out of necessity. Like it was like, okay, we need to do something and we need to do something quickly. So let me see if this is really going to stick. Like, let's just put some content out there, um, start doing some services that are like centered around this and see, and thankfully it did stick well. And so that really created a transition of we're pivoting fully into this, reworking messaging on the website, you know, like all in with this is the new brand, so to speak. Did for you, do you feel like that took you having to like stop doing other things, say no Mm -hmm. to things, stop booking clients, like all of that. I feel like one of the biggest, you know, hurdles that I hear people talk about when it comes to like shifting anything is like, they're too busy that it has to wait. But like, at what point do you just make that decision that you need to make a shift? So you're sitting into your zone of genius. Yeah. I think not to be all spiritual for people that aren't, but I think it was a hundred percent the Lord, um, and being like, we're going to red light this right now Mm -hmm. because you're moving in a direction that like, this isn't actually what I've, where I've called you to like continue to move in and you're not listening to the signs. So I'm going to like Moses burning bush moment. of like, (laughs) here is the big sign, (laughs) red light, pause. Now what you're going to do kind of thing. Um, my, my God is sassy. He like gets sassy with me because he needs to be (laughs) for sure. (laughs) Um, but it worked like it really did. Like it was in that pit honestly, like the pit of despair of, okay, everything's on the floor. Like, what do I need to do? Like, what am I good at? What can I do that allowed me to, again, look inwardly at like, okay, well, maybe this and this and this, like this could add up and be this, you know, let's see, maybe somebody wants this from me. Um, And thankfully that worked and and having that insight worked, but I do think that there was, um, hitting rock bottom to, to start to see that. What were some of those signs that like, if you're looking back 
that you said you weren't seeing? Like when you look back, do you see some of the signs that were pointing to, okay, maybe I'm not in my zone of genius? Yeah. Lack of passion and being burnt out with what I was doing. Um, and that is really hard for, for me being an Enneagram three, when it's like, no, but I'm like, this is my path. Like we got to keep achieving. We've got to keep like hitting these milestones. I'm the breadwinner for our family. Like, this is what we've got to do. Even though along the way, I didn't love it as much anymore. Mm -hmm. I loved being able to work from home, but I didn't necessarily love every little thing that I was doing in the business. I think for me, when I look back, one of my biggest signs that I needed to like move on or, you know, keep exploring was procrastination. Like I would Mm. find myself like just really procrastinating on anything and everything that had to do with those tasks or those offers that I was in that I really didn't like. I've also seen people, one of the big signs I see in my students is lack of belief Um, when you don't believe in something and like you're doubting it. Um, I feel like that is like, you can fight it as much as you want, but if you don't believe in what you're doing, like it just, it, it shows up in sales. I don't know why, but it really does. Like you can have amazing messaging and amazing sales page, but if you don't believe in it, like, I don't know, I've just seen so many times where Mm -hmm. that is like sales don't come in anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. and that is such a red flag that maybe you are not in your zone of genius anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. So really, I feel like what we've both said in here are like some overlap in what we've both said is for those of you guys listening that are thinking about your zone of genius or you're trying to think through like what that could be like, a lot of it really is like introspective and, and really sitting down and saying like, are you happy with what you're doing right now? Are you feeling imposter syndrome? Are you feeling comparison? Do you believe in what you're doing? Are you passionate about what you're doing? Like just really looking at like the heart of your business and, and that can help you uncover if you're sitting in the spot and providing the offerings that are your zone of genius offerings. Yeah. And then the opposite is true. If you are so confident, like things are flowing, mm-hmm. your energy is like on point like that. I, 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 it just is, it's like, you found your thing, you know, like, and then when people like Kat said, like when people start coming to you and they're like asking you for like very specific things over and over again, like you may have found your zone of genius. Like mm-hmm. the amount of people who come to me, ask me to name their webinars or their products or whatever, all the time. Like, <laughs> Like that, I found my zone of genius. Like, and, and I'm, that's not like the only thing that I do and that, that I teach, but it just that, like, that external validation and then the internal feeling validation. Like, I feel like you, mm-hmm. when those two things meet, mm-hmm. I think that's where you find your zone of genius. I agree. I agree. All right, friends. Well, we want to know what your zone of genius is. So DM us on Instagram. We'll link it in this episode or below this episode. Um, we want to hear like, what is your zone of genius? What are people telling you that you are so good at? What do you feel like you're so good at? And is that lining up with what you do in your business right now? Um, but until then we will catch you in the next conversation. Mm -hmm.